0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the God and My Girlfriends podcast, where we talk about how to nurture the most important relationships in our lives, our relationships with God, our friends, and with ourselves. So join us, won't you? Hey, everyone, Marcia here, and welcome to the show today. My friend, Debbie Cunningham, is going to join us as our special guest today, and I'm so excited. She's a wise and wonderful lady, and I know you're going to love her. Debbie and I initially connected years ago because we were both part of the music community here in Nashville. We are both part of the music community. Um, She's a recording artist. She's recorded two albums. The first one is a jazz standards album called The Rest of Your Life. And the second one is an all original jazz album entitled A Million Kisses, which I love this record so much. She wrote all the songs and they're all about the journey and celebration of committed love which is also the topic of her new book that she wrote called Dancing in the Kitchen, Hope and Help for Staying in Love. In this book, she shares stories behind the songs on her album, lessons from her 30 years of marriage, and interviews from couples that have learned how to build lasting love in marriage and recapture the lightheartedness they once had. One of the things that I noticed As I was reading her book, and I I read it a while back, and I was reading it again the other day and found all these little places that I underlined and starred in her book. So many of them are good for marriage, but they're also just good general rules for relationship in general, how to treat other people. And since that's what this podcast is all about, I knew that I had to get Debbie on. So I am really excited for this conversation. Whether you're married or not, I think you're going to find some real value in what Debbie shares today. Debbie lives down in Franklin right now with her husband, Derek. Um, she still performs um, with her pianist or with a jazz quartet. And um, she has two children that are grown. She now has a little grandson, which she and I also have in common. We have new grandbabies, and I love to see posts about that on social media. I'm bonding with other grandmothers these days, and I love it. (laughs) So anyway, I'm going to jump into this great conversation with my friend, Debbie Cunningham. Welcome, Debbie Cunningham. Hey, I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for carving out some time in your crazy schedule to visit with me today. So happy to. You know, I have been listening I'll, I'll be honest, I've been listening all morning to your CD. Oh, I'm so glad. I love it so much. I find myself just you gave it to me like a couple of years ago. Maybe longer than that now. I can't remember I when know. I got it. <laughs> and um I loved it. It was just something that just made me happy to hear. And then I, in preparation for this, I put it back on and I was like, I forgot how much I love this record. It is so good. I I mentioned in your intro just a minute ago that you and I initially met through the music community here in Nashville and that you're an amazing singer songwriter and jazz singer. Um, But I, I forgot, I forgot how good that record is. That was some good work, girl. Thank you. I really appreciate it.
1: You know, that yeah. was my first album that I wrote everything and I produced it. You did? You produced that record too? I did. I did. That's impressive. Thank you. I was but
0: really excited to do it. I, it's <laughs> it's a no, seriously. I mean, it's a really good record. So we're going to later on, we'll link, we'll, we'll get everyone linked up so they can get that record. Um, <laughs> but Just a little bit, we were talking about you, you live in Franklin, Tennessee Mm -hmm. with your husband, Derek, you have two grown children, Drake and Deanna, and you have a new grandson named Calvin, Yes. which you and I, that's one thing you and I have in common. We're new grandmas, new grandmamas. Isn't it the best? It's the best.
1: Oh my (laughs) gosh. Yes. But what we don't, we don't like is currently there in Germany because he's oh. in the military. So he's way too far away. Oh, I know. Because he was actually like kind of under
0: your roof during 2020, right?
1: Yes, because his, his father was deployed. Mm-hmm. And so we had them for the year. It, they came in 2019 before, 20, before the COVID hit. So what a blessing for us during COVID and the quarantine to have this amazing opportunity to be with our grandson. So it was awesome. And our daughter. I won't uh, leave her out or
0: anything. <laughs> oh, I know it's so right? funny. My son stopped by the other day, and he said, uh, and he didn't have Charlotte, our granddaughter, with him. And he said, I feel now when I walk in the room and I don't have Charlotte, everyone's disappointed. <laughs> I just get this sense of, oh, it's just you.
1: <laughs> when we used to go home after we had kids, I, I would say, I realize that you don't even want to see me anymore, that it's all about the grandkids.
0: <laughs> so what's your grandmama name? Gigi. I'm a Gigi. Gigi. You're a Gigi. I know there's all <laughs> these different names. Gigi, Mimi. Everyone's like, what is she got? What is Charlotte? What are you? you? Well, I don't know yet. I mean, uh, I'm okay. just I'm just sort of grandma and which is fine with me. Um I I have a fondness for grandma, and uh-huh. I'm fine with that. But I've had several people say, "Your first grandchild will name you."
1: Yeah, that's so true because they really whatever they end up calling you is what you're going to end up being. Yeah. Right.
0: So you know, <laughs> as, a, as another friend of mine says, I don't care what she calls me as long as she calls me. So that's amen fine. to that. <laughs> Okay, so like I said, I kind of told everyone a little bit about your background before we got on here today, Um, but I want to start out, I told them what you do, but we all know that what we are is something different, so I would just like to get you to share, I ask all the guests this at the beginning of the show, what is one thing that you'd like everyone to know about you, about Debbie?
1: I love afternoon tea. I'm part English. (gasps) My great grandfather was 100% English, and I love afternoon tea. The whole thing, the three tiers, the pot of tea, the time to talk with your friends or girlfriends. I just love that whole thing. And I love watching sunsets. Like every night, if there's a sunset, I will literally pause to go to the door or go outside to watch it.
0: Well, we are kindred spirits in that, uh, in, for that, because we recently built a new little front porch and it faces the West. And I sit out there at night and watch the sunset and it's my favorite
1: thing in the world
0: to do. So good to pause, yes. take a pause every day.
1: And it just is. breathe for a moment. Mm-hmm.
0: It's really, really healthy. Well, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, and um, we were talking a minute ago about my love for your music already. That CD was great. And at some point you must've come up with, the idea to write the book, which is, uh, like I said, it's the topics in your, in your songs that you wrote in the CD are very similar to the ones, the topics in your book. So tell me a little bit about where that leap came, where you went from music to, to wanting to write this book.
1: Well, I really, when I wrote the album, I, I really wanted to encourage couples to stay in love and, and to, just really treasure and savor their relationship and the journey of that. Mm -hmm. So when I wrote the album, I had such a big response from my fans about the lyric content because it's all about that long journey as opposed to a one-night stand. And they emailed me or called me if they knew me and colleagues would call me and said, you should write a book about this. This is really resonating with me. I think you should write a book. And I was like, I'm not an author. My gosh, I couldn't even fathom writing a book but I kept hearing it mm. and I kept hearing it from different groups of people not just people who knew me well but people I didn't know well or business colleagues that were like wow you should really write a book so I prayed about it a lot and then I started doing talk to a friend of mine who used to be in publishing and she said I think you should write it I think God really wants you to write this book so I interviewed couples And tried to do the work of understanding what works and doesn't work in marriages for Mm -hmm. lots of people. I've been married 33 years now to my high school sweetheart. We've been together a long time. And it's not always easy, but it takes intentionality. And I want to keep that joy in my relationship. So really, it came from that. My fans really pressing me like, we want more from this subject. Would you write this book? And so I did.
0: I love that. And I love how you noticed that this same message was coming to you over and over from different um, directions, you know, different circles of different people. Cause that's, that's one of the ways as I've gotten older that I've decided God speaks to us is that if we get a recurring message, you know, several times, same thing even happened before I started God and my girlfriend's ministries I mean I had someone suggest I do it and I actually said no nah that's not me I'm not your girl you know but but it God in his kindness kept putting it in front of my face every so often and just kept saying you know and finally I went okay yeah if I've had enough people uh, if this message keeps recurring, then maybe it is something I need to listen to.
1: And yes, um, and I did resist at first. I was like, I did, do not want to write a book on marriage. Right? <laughs> like fifty thousand books on marriage. What do I know? You know. But it it kept coming, and people kept asking. So I felt like again, like you said, God was speaking to me, and saying, "This mm-hmm. is where I want you to step into."
0: Yeah. he wanted you to to give your unique perspective on it
1: yeah
0: and uh so i think that's that's so awesome you walked
1: into the room took me by surprise
0: a couple of clips from Debbie's latest CD, including the title cut, A Million Kisses. This 10-song project of all original jazz songs is a beautiful representation of what it's really like to stay in love through the years. She has songs like Do You Love Me, Kiss and Make Up, Will You Dance, and Stay in Love. Each one a little snapshot of real life love, and I think you'll find yourself lost in these beautiful songs. And fair warning, you may find yourself grabbing your loved one for a little dance in the kitchen. (laughs) See what I did there? But seriously, I may or may not have grabbed Mike Waldron and made him dance with me while the spaghetti was boiling the other night. He'll deny it, but I know the truth. Anyway, I truly love this record. I love putting it on. It makes my day. And I think you will too. So head on over to DebbieCunningham.net where you'll find all the links you'll need to listen or buy her music. I think you'll really enjoy it. And now we're going back to the conversation with Debbie
1: Cunningham.
0: I read the book a while back. And then as I was preparing for this interview, I was glancing through it again. And I, I, it was funny. I love it when I can go back and see what I underlined and starred the first time I, I read the book. And one of the first things that I found that I acknowledge that I underlined here was just in your introduction. It says, I dearly love my husband and I want it to stay that way. And that just, that jumped out at me. Like, yes, we want to stay in love. And yet there are, it seems like there are so many messages on how to find the right person, what dating advice and everything, but that intentionality of saying, okay, I want to keep choosing you. I want to keep making this a priority. Um, that's not a message. I hear a lot. That's what I thought was, was unique about your, your book. Do you find that it's just a daily, daily choice to say, you know what, I'm going to stay in love
1: with my husband. Yes. I think that it has to be a daily choice. Mm -hmm. You know, when we first fall in love, it's easy because it's, you're just feeling all the feelings, you know, Mm -hmm. and you're in love with each other. You have that, you know, honeymoon season, but then real life happens. And I mean, life can get hard. People can go through really difficult things. People can, you can have grief because someone dies, serious illness, financial stress, mm-hmm. the pandemic. I mean, things mm-hmm. I've heard of so many marriages struggling in the pandemic because now it's 24 seven, you're with your spouse yeah, and, and they're not having fun, which is what I'm going to say to you is one of the biggest things couples do is they stop having fun together. It's mm-hmm. not even just about going out on a date although that's important to date your spouse yeah the biggest thing I have found that has changed a relationship is starting to have fun again because you just with all your responsibilities you just forget but you have to choose every day to forgive you know I'm on the faith side where forgive like Jesus forgives mm. you know it doesn't mean you slough things under the rug that need to be dealt with but can I not hold a grudge? Because Jesus doesn't hold grudges against me. Mm. He forgives me and lets those things go. And I had to learn that. Mm-hmm. I had to learn that mm-hmm. to let things go and not let them fester because that opens the door for, a, you know, a lot of difficult things. Then.
0: You have a whole chapter in your book on forgiveness. You tackle several different topics from grief and loss and and drifting, empty nests, how to deal with that, um, diffusing temptation. You have all of these different topics. And I love the way you break them down. Sometimes it's, it's from your perspective. And then sometimes you actually use interviews with other couples and yeah. their experience in order to make a point, which I thought was really unique. Was that fun interviewing all those people?
1: Oh, yeah, it was. And what was fascinating was that They, all of them at the time, as I went through the interviews and looked at my notes, I was like, they all used very similar strategies to Mm -hmm. move through their seasons, even if they were dealing with different things. And, you know, and it comes down to learning to have fun again, forgiving each other, getting better communication skills, learning to uh, connect more deeply and really building that into your relationship, being intentional, intentionally connecting with your spouse so that when the hard times come, it you can still stay connected through that tough season. You know, it's like tying a rope to each other. Here comes the storm, but we still got each other, you know, mm-hmm. but, and learning to remember that they're not your enemy. You're on the same side, right? That was
0: one thing I saw that I starred and I'm not sure what page it was on, but it's like, we're on the same side here. We have to remember
1: that. Yeah. It's easy to forget when you're going through a difficult season and, and, and men and women process things differently. And I always encourage couples like give each other space to process differently. He doesn't have to process the way you do. You don't have to process the way he does. And you really have to communicate about that. It's a mm-hmm. really important part. of marriage. Yeah,
0: that absolutely. Another little start thing on, on that same topic that I found here where you said finding connecting points with your spouse is a discipline you need. If you want that relationship to last. And honest moment here for me, when um, my husband and I had a little bit of a like wobbly season there, and it happened right as our youngest graduated from high school, because I realized that so much of our connecting was based around. Sam's schedule or you know yep. that that's what we would call when I would be on the road both of us are musicians so we both one of us was traveling usually and when we'd call home that's what we talked about hey do you remember Sam's got a play today or you know it's right <laughs> and, and as as our kids grew older and also we had been working together a lot um I was a staff writer for a long time. He was doing all my demos. So we'd talk about that. Hey, did you get that vocal mixed or did you, you know, so we had all these things. And then suddenly we're entering into a season where all the things we used to connect about were, were not there anymore. Right. And we had to figure out how to reconnect. I mean, nothing had gone wrong. You know, there was nothing, uh, no one was having an affair or anything, but my husband said, and I thought this is so wise of him. And and I was kind of like, Whoa, honey, where did that come from? Not that he's not a deep human being. <laughs> that sounded bad, but he said, you know, I think our I think a marriage is like a flower. And you can either, you know, you can either go out and stomp on it and kill it, or you can just not water it and it's still gonna die. Yes. And I was like, that is so true. It's the watering. It's the nurturing that yeah. we need to remember to do, or even the best of relationships is just going to fall apart.
1: Agreed. Um, there's a, I put a quote in my book, but I wrote it, I read it years ago and it's by an anonymous person. And it says, untended fires soon die and uh-huh. just become a pile of ashes. Yes. So it can be a flame. But if you don't stoke that fire, Mm. it will die out eventually because you've done nothing. Mm -hmm. And I always tell couples who kind of feel like someone else has a better relationship than they do. I'm like, I promise you, the grass is only greener because they water it more than you do.
0: Oh, I love that analogy.
1: Yeah. And so they're pouring into their relationship. It's so easy to look at a couple. And now with social media, you know, you see it too. Look at somebody else's life. Or a relationship and go, Oh, it's so nice. They, they have this. And I wish I had that in that relationship, but you don't see what's going on behind the door- closed doors. You don't see whether it's all fake or if they are really are flourishing because they're really being intentional and spending time together. I mean, some people ask me say, it must be so easy for you though. Cause you have this sweet husband and all that kind of stuff. And, and I said, Oh, he's great, but we struggle and we work at it. Mm. Like we work at communication. We did the same thing when our kids left. Mm. We had a good relationship. I did not think we were gonna struggle at all when our youngest left. We're like, woohoo, empty nest. Yeah and like it was like our lives came to a screeching halt. (laughs) And and it felt like, wait, what happened? What just happened?
0: I know I wasn't <laughs> expecting that either I was crying
1: all the time because oh. I didn't realize how much grief I felt and I said to mm-hmm. my husband one day it was so sweet I said I don't know what's wrong with me like I'm happy for them I'm glad they're off doing their thing and he said you just lost your job of like 20 some years give yourself a little grace he mm-hmm. goes and you didn't choose to lose it you just lost it and I was like oh yeah yeah <laughs> Because I mean I poured into those kids. Oh and we I know. Into our family. And same with you and Mike. We talked about and so many of our friendships, and this is what I try to encourage couples to guard against. Really, especially when your kids get to high school. Before that is great. But I mean, especially once you start sending them off, mm-hmm. you have to really go, Okay, how are we personally connecting without our kids? Do we go out on a date and don't talk about our kids? Most people don't. If they do go out and have time together, how many things do they talk about that have to do with the household, their kids, the finances? Oh, that's so true. Got to go out on a date and have fun together and not talk about the children and not even talk about the issues. So if you're having struggle in your marriage, one of the things you have to do is learn how to have fun, kind of push pause on the issues for the moment and really reconnect as a couple and do something you both enjoy and have fun. But I mean, we, we realized that most of our life was revolving around, even with couples of our kids, friends, Mm -hmm. the parents of our kids, friends were in our life when our last went to college, like all that stopped. Mm -hmm. And it's not that we didn't have any, it's just that what we realized you have those relationships that are proximity based yes, and you don't realize how they're not going to continue. Right. It doesn't even dawn on you because you're like, oh, we see them all the time. And and all of a sudden you don't see them and you don't pick up the phone and we don't connect in any other way. So it's really, really important to have those friendships that you cultivate outside of that, Mm -hmm. but also that you cultivate a relationship as a couple, because when all everyone else goes away, it's you and your husband and you got to You got to build that now.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: you, You build it originally. You yeah. fell in love. What did you do for fun? When you fell in love, you have to go back to those things. And if you like new things, then do the new things. You know yeah. what I mean?
0: Yeah. We tried that. We were like, okay, what can we, let's go. Uh, what do you call it? zip Ziplining.
1: I mean, we just tried, yeah. doing,
0: we just like, let's go try something. You
1: yes, know? absolutely. I'm like, I, it's a season of adventure if you make it. <laughs>
0: I know. And I remember when Mike said, let's go do ziplining. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm too old. He goes, honey. <laughs> I go, well, I'm not 16 anymore. And he goes, you're not 80 either. <laughs> That's right. right. <laughs> I was like, okay. And then I realized, you know what? I just need to like f- find my fun and get, let's just try it. And it was a blast. We had fun,
1: you know, and, and laughter's good medicine.
0: Laughter. Yeah. Not it's just lot. new seasons too. Like uh, we talk about this a lot with the ministry, with just friendships and just in general in life, you know, learning to navigate through our seasons, learning to um, appreciate a past season, but be able to let it go so that you can move in. Just like when those, when your kids, like you, we had those seasons where our kids were everything. And it's hard sometimes to enter, to get out of that season. It's especially hard if you don't have anything that you're cultivating for yourself to get out of it. Yes. But speaking of friendships in chapter three, which is one of my favorites, it's called matters of the heart. And you actually talk about your daughter, Deanna's heart condition and the stress that sort of came around that. But you you also, there's a quote in there, sorry, I'm gonna to have to find it here. Um, where you say, having friends to walk alongside you as a couple without judgment in difficult seasons is not only smart, it is necessary. And I love that because obviously with our little ministry, we talk about friendships a lot and how much friendships can carry you through. And they can also, I mean, I have girlfriends that would hold me accountable. If they saw me doing anything that they thought was, um, lacking integrity towards my marriage, towards my husband, they would call me out so quickly. Um, yeah. so I'd love to just talk about that for a minute. Just like what, how have, have your friendships supported you in your marriage?
1: Well, we've been really intentional to build long-term friendships with people like-minded as far as our faith and also a belief system around marriage mm-hmm. and, and just really cultivating our time with them. The kind of friends that are there, no matter what's going on with you, you know, they're the friends you call when someone dies. They're the friends you call. They call you in the middle of the night. We're like, we need you. It's an emergency mm-hmm. and you get up and you go. Mm-hmm. Those are the kind of friendships you need. But also the people, if we're going to talk, be really honest, like I want people to point me to Christ in those seasons when I might be tempted to stray, not even just for my marriage, but for stray from integrity yeah. um, and, and, and what we need to be doing in the world. But during that season, when my daughter had open heart surgery, it was unexpected. They basically told us, you know, I was eight months pregnant with my son and the her pediatrician wanted us to see someone at Vanderbilt, a specialist, because she was concerned about her the sound in her heart was a heart murmur and they and how might, old was she? She was three.
0: Three, little bitty.
1: She had just turned three and I was pregnant with my son. And they they said um, they were concerned about the heart murmur that it was something more. Mm-hmm. So we went to Vanderbilt and they listened and basically said, Okay, she has to have open heart surgery. She can't live without it. And I was like <gasps> But I mean, we were going through a season of, I needed to talk about, I didn't know what was going to happen with my daughter. They kept reminding us, you have to sign all these papers. We're doing the surgery, but you have to understand your child could still die, blah, blah, blah. That's Uh, hard to hear.
0: Yeah.
1: Just as a human being, let alone it being your child. And I was also pregnant at the time Mm. (laughs) with my son, which made it worse. But But my friends, I needed my girlfriends to talk to because I need to verbally process. My husband is an internal processor and he didn't want to talk about it. But I read that as abandonment at first. Like you're abandoning me in the most difficult time of our life. Wow. And that was really difficult for us initially until I understood. He said, I can't believe you don't think I care. I, this is so huge for me and I just can't talk about it. Which for him, he felt like if he verbally processed it, the dam was going to break and he wouldn't be able to regroup Mm because it was his daughter also. Right. And I felt like if I don't verbally process, I'm going to lose my mind. So that's where we learned a lot about the way men and women work, or at least for he and I, husband and wife, we completely process differently. And I needed to give him space to be quiet. And I needed someone to talk to. So I needed to, my girlfriends, my closest friends were there beside me to encourage me, to listen, to not judge because I was weeping over the what ifs and I needed to get to that place so that when the day of the surgery came, I was all there and ready to do whatever God needed me to do to be present and to support her no matter what came. And I was there by that point point. Mm-hmm. and I trusted him. I knew what I wanted, but I didn't know what God would choose. But those friends were just invaluable to, to carry us because his friends, his guy friends could get, would be there to encourage him and pray for him, but also give him the space to be quiet. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to talk about it. They would go golfing and take him out just to get him out and have fun and kind of get his mind off of it.
0: That was their way of supporting him,
1: right? Yes. But he knew if he had to talk, talk, they would be right there for him. Yeah.
0: Hi friends, we're taking one more quick break to remind everyone that this podcast is sponsored by God and My Girlfriends Ministries, which is a nonprofit that supports women in all walks of life. Women helping women be everything God created them to be. That's our mission. We have online Bible studies and book clubs, a single mama's ministry, live events and workshops, as well as this podcast. If you'd like to support our mission or become involved with any of our programs, feel free to message us on our website, which is www.godandmygirlfriendsonline.com. Or you can find us on one of our socials, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're everywhere. So reach out when you can and let us know how we can serve you or maybe someone that you know. And now, back to the conversation.
1: When you go through hard seasons, along the same line of processing, Mm -hmm. you still need to find ways to laugh. And a lot of times to give some levity to the seriousness of what you're going through. Mm -hmm. Um, Otherwise, you're just going to, it's just going to, you're going to get depressed. You're going to destroy each other. And I think that if you can go out as couples or get a funny movie and laugh, you know, see a comedian, whatever, you need those times of laughter. That was what a doctor said to me. You need to still laugh, even though you're going through a really tough season. Otherwise, you'll just go under.
0: That is so true. I've told some, I've told all my kids, please marry someone that makes you laugh. My husband has, he's got the, the greatest sense of humor and he knows when to just insert The the tiniest (laughs) little bit of humor, you know, when I need, like when I'm just so down, he knows how to say something that's totally appropriate, but it's funny and it just lightens the the moment. And and, oh my gosh.
1: You have to have that to lighten the load. Yeah. You know, so that's really important. And the other important thing I want to say, though, about having friends around you, it's really important in a marriage that you, and I know there are exceptions to the rule, but you have to be really careful about um, confiding in friends of the opposite sex, because when you're in a vulnerable state, Mm -hmm. um, it's real easy then to fear off into not having integrity in your marriage because Mm -hmm. you're feeling so vulnerable. I've seen so many affairs happen in a season where it's tough and should be drawing you together. And they veer off the road because instead of confiding in women you know, girlfriends, they kind of go off the rail to a friend's husband or something like that. That's something I just encourage people to safeguard their relationship
0: because you're Mm -hmm.
1: vulnerable. It's not that you're a terrible person, but when you are vulnerable and fragile, it's easy to make a bad choice. Absolutely.
0: You're not seeing things clearly, usually in those times as well. I've seen affairs happen from that very thing. Just like you were saying, when Derek didn't want to talk about when Deanna was going through her heart condition and you needed to process it, but he didn't. What if you'd have found some man that was willing right. to listen, you right. know? And, um, that's, what I see that happens sometimes, you know, it's like, oh, my yeah. husband's not wanting to talk about it. So I'll talk about it with this guy and then things just start, you know, emotional affairs starts happening and then it can, it can just get out of hand. So you're right. You have to put your spouse first. I mean, you have yeah. to just say, you know what, um, yeah, this has got to, if I'm d- making a decision here, I'm going to make what's the decision that's best for us. Right. Because like we just started out, I'm in love with my husband and I want it to stay that way.
1: Absolutely. So
0: it comes back down to that. And
1: whatever you cultivate grows. Yes. Whatever you water grows. Think about that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you're watering, whatever you water grows. So if you want your relationship with your spouse to flourish, then you start watering that and cultivate mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm not something else
0: yeah absolutely um i want to touch on one other subject real quick before okay. we, because this is an important one too and this is talking about when you find your disagreements this is one of your quotes we established early that we are allowed to disagree on any issue but that doesn't mean the other person is wrong or has done something wrong we just see things differently I read that and I was like, that's such a relief to think, okay, we don't have to necessarily see things just because we're married. We can allow each other to have their own individuality and Mm -hmm. their own thinking. And I don't always hear that so, so much.
1: Well, I think that sometimes there's a lot of relationships, struggles in relationship because for some reason we come together as one and now we're husband and wife. And all of a sudden we think we're supposed to think the same way i mean right. we, you both come from different backgrounds you might have things that you think the same about mm-hmm. you obviously probably still have the same worldview mm-hmm. but, but i mean there are things we differ like i like certain things my husband doesn't care for mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so, vice versa so why would you feel like you can't have a difference of opinion i think that's something that causes a lot of trouble in marriages mm-hmm. when when we don't discuss that like hey well why can't I have a different opinion than you? Because Mm -hmm. then it's control, right? Then it's a control issue. And you have to really, really think about that. So yeah, I absolutely think that if you can talk about those things and say, I do not necessarily see it your way, but you also be a good listener and kind of see why they feel the way they feel, Mm -hmm. you know, and you might change your perspective or they might change theirs, or you might just agree to disagree.
0: You know? I think it's that way in friendships too. Honestly, yes, it's like, absolutely. I don't want every one of my friends to, to see the world exactly the way I do, because I learn from my friends that are right. different from me. I mean, you know, there's certain things I look for in friendships and certain, certain things I expect out of my husband, which is integrity and, and, and honesty and authenticity. Right. But some of my richest friendships are people that probably on paper, we wouldn't be friends, you know, but we, we do, we see things very differently. We look at things differently. And that's, those are the deep conversations I have and how I learn and how I grow. I don't learn and grow from people that just agree exactly with me on everything. And so I love that when my husband, lovingly might challenge me on something and go, you know, I don't, I don't agree. I don't think I see it that way. And then we can have some really interesting conversations about it. And sometimes we might change the other person's mind and sometimes we don't, but it's okay. Yeah.
1: I think saying it's okay is a big deal. And then I would say even now in our world,
0: Mm. we're seeing
1: that people are, there's a lot of struggles, whether Mm -hmm. it's marriage or any other friendship. Mm Mm-hmm. We need to be okay with not agreeing on every little thing. Hmm. Otherwise, how can you have a relationship? And That's then you right. just got like mind over here, like mind over here. And it's a big battle. It's yeah. the same marriage. You, yeah, You can't agree on everything. And yeah. life is richer for the differences and the conversation. I agree. Right?
0: I agree. Um, well, like I said, I think before we started talking, when I was just introducing you, I I found this book, not only to be very helpful in a, in a marriage, but really there's just a lot of the information and a lot of the advice you've given in, in here is just good relational advice, even with people that you aren't in a relationship, I mean, aren't married to or aren't right. dating. And um, so I I said, even if you're not married, I think you ought to get this book. It's called Dancing in the Kitchen, Hope and Help for Staying in Love. And I'm so glad that you listen to the little voices around you that prompted you to write this because I can't imagine someone, whether you, I mean, even if you think, oh, I've got a good marriage. I don't need to read a book on marriage. You read this book. I'm telling you, it will make your good marriage even stronger. I really believe that. So before we end, uh, what's, what's next up for you? I mean, I know 2020 just kind of shut down all of our
1: yeah, <laughs> live, live
0: events, but um, have you started planning some stuff for 2021 yet?
1: You know, I have a couple, I have a new song coming out, it has nothing to do with marriage, ah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it's called Fly, it's about believing in your dreams. So, I have a new version of that coming out, and uh, oh. but so that once you listen to this, it'll be out there for sure. Um, but I also am just pursuing you know, speaking engagements to encourage couples and and women in general. I want to encourage women in general. So I'm doing that. And my audiobook is going to be available. So if you would like a free chapter of the audio book, you can go to debbiecunningham.net forward slash audiobook.
0: Okay. So. Awesome. We will put that in the show notes so everyone can find a link straight to that if they want to get a free chapter. That's so yeah. awesome. The audio book, did you... Do the audio book. Yeah. Are you the one that read I it? I did it myself. Oh, cool. Oh, that's, oh, man, you've been so gracious. I'm almost done. I've been working on a book myself and it's taken me a lot longer to write it than I thought it would, but you warned me. You went, it's,
1: it's, it's <laughs> I told gonna, you, <laughs> it, you told me, you said, it's just,
0: and I was like, I write songs. I can write a book. Yeah. Totally different. Animal. Radically <laughs> different animal. Oh my word. And everyone keeps saying, are you still writing that book? <laughs> yeah. <you>? Oh, I <laughs> am. I am. <laughs> um, so, uh, but you've been so gracious. I, you've been a friend that I, I love friends that, have, you know, whatever path you might be on. And they're just like a few steps ahead of you. And they're so gracious and willing to turn around and extend a hand and say, Hey, I've I'm a little farther ahead. I'll help you along. And you're one of those friends. And I, I so
1: appreciate that about you, Debbie. Well, thank you. I'm happy too. Uh,
0: well, thanks again for coming. We will definitely put links in the show notes so everyone can find you. And best wishes to you. You're doing some great work. You're putting some great fruits out in the world. And I'm a big fan. And if there's anything I can do to help, let me know.
1: Thank you, friend. I appreciate it. Have a great day, Debbie. You too. Talk Bye-bye. to you soon. Bye.
0: Isn't she awesome? I just love being able to shine the spotlight on women like Debbie who are using their gifts to help others and just make this world a better place. Speaking of helping others, I want you to know that Debbie is going to offer a free five-day marriage challenge coming up this summer, and I know it's going to be so very valuable. If there's one thing I have learned in my own relationships— you should not wait until your relationship is in trouble to start investing in its health. Be proactive to stay in love, heading off any damage before it happens. It's kind of like getting your teeth cleaned so you don't need a root canal. <laughs> okay, that's probably the most unromantic analogy I could ever come up with, but you know what I mean. So check out Debbie's five-day marriage challenge. You can sign up for it at her website now, where you can also purchase her book and And for a limited time, you can get a free download of her song, A Million Kisses. So there's all kinds of reasons to head over to DebbieCunningham.net and get the scoop on all of it. All right. Well, thanks again to Debbie for joining us and thanks you guys for joining us here. We appreciate you so much. Be sure and rate and review us if you can, because like I said, it really helps us grow and get the word out. So that's it for this week. Everyone have a wonderful week, and until next time, be well.